Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 18 of Revelation chapter 18, and we're reading verses 7 and 8. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And we saw in our last couple of studies how these verses relate to Isaiah chapter 47. And in our last study, we were looking at verse 9 of Isaiah 47. Let me turn back there and I'll read it. Where it says... But these two things shall come to thee in a moment. In one day the loss of children and widowhood, they shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. So God is saying to Babylon that these two judgments will come upon you. You will know the loss of children and widowhood. And Babylon denies it and says, I will not sit as a widow, nor know the loss of children. But God says, oh yes, you will. And we looked up both of those ideas or things, and we saw in the Bible that to be a widow who loses her children makes you desolate. And that's what God is saying to Babylon, that you will be desolate in the time of your judgment. And Babylon is denying that that will happen. Um, You know, Satan's a very arrogant fallen angel, a fallen creature. Uh, he, He really thinks he's something. He thinks he's God. He wanted to be like God. He took his seat in the temple. All was going beautifully as far as he was concerned. He had finally gotten what he had longed and lusted after, from the beginning of his fall to be like God. And then at the time of the Great Tribulation, he had enormous rule over the nations of the world that were increasing in wickedness. And at last, he was able to take his seat in the temple, showing himself that he was God in the churches. And so at that point in time, Satan must have been exulting in his triumph And yet, the triumph of the wicked is short, the book of Job tells us, because in a moment, the judgment comes. And and for the little season of great tribulation, which continued for 23 years, Satan uh, was triumphant. But then came that day, May 21, 2011, Judgment Day, And in a moment, in one day, uh, Babylon experienced the loss of children and 
widowhood. She became desolate. Satan, the, the, uh, great ruler as the king of Babylon, uh, lifted up in, uh, in pride and arrogance, viewed his great kingdom, Babylon, the great kingdom he had built, and then God humbled him. Well, so God put down Satan, deposing him from all rule, from reigning over the, the last and great kingdom that, uh, he would be able to rule over, and Christ took the kingdom. So we find, once again, language of Babylon's fall of the judgment upon this world. And we were looking in our last study at the phrase in a moment. And we, we went to several verses and we saw how God speaks of bringing judgment in a moment. For instance, in Psalm 73, where the child of God who was envying the wicked was envious until he understood their end in Psalm 73, 17. And then in verse 18, Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation? Like Babylon is made desolate through widowhood and loss of children, as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. So when we find, when we search this phrase through the Bible, it relates to God's anger, as Psalm 30 tells us, his anger endureth but a moment. It, it relates to his wrath, to the time of his indignation. Remember, we looked at this, I think the last scripture we looked at last time in Isaiah 26, beginning in verse 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. The indignation, that's another word for anger, wrath. It's the wrath of God. And then verse 21, For behold, Jehovah cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Clearly, God is joining this phrase, a little moment, with Judgment Day, the time when he punishes the inhabitants of the earth. But uh, as we were, were considering Isaiah 26, 20, and 21 last time, and, and we started wondering uh, about uh, how this is stated, where God is speaking to his people, that would be the elect, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. And that really ties in with the parable of the virgins in Matthew chapter 25. The cry was made that the bridegroom cometh, and that cry relates to the worldwide declaration of Judgment Day coming on uh, the date of May 21, 2011. And then, after some discussion between the wise and the foolish virgins, Christ did come. It says in verse 10 of Matthew 25, And while they went to buy, 
the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. So, there in that parable, we find the elect typified by the five wise virgins enter in to the marriage or to the wedding. That word can be translated either way. To the wedding, and then the door is shut. We do not read, they are lifted up. There is no language of rapture, of going up, just in. They, they go, they went in, just as Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives went into the ark, and then God shut them in. So the five wise virgins went into the wedding, and Christ the bridegroom shut the door. He, he shut the door and and then there was some dispute at the door because the other virgins, the foolish virgins, who said, Lord, Lord, open to us. Uh, they, they were disputing about uh, entering in. They wanted in. And yet the Lord did not let them in. So we find there that God's indignation occurs when he shuts the door, and his indignation is upon those outside the door, the foolish virgins in that case, while inside are the wise virgins. And and so uh, Isaiah 26.20, we can see how that fits that parable. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, just as the bridegroom brought the five wise virgins in. And shut thy doors about thee, the door shut once they entered in. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment. And the word hide, or hiding thyself, relates to salvation. As it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, For you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now God is talking to living people, to believers reading these words, you're dead in Christ, and your life is hid with Christ in God. That is, you're saved, you have eternal life, you are hidden, your life is hidden, and th- that's what this is referring to. Hide thyself, and everyone who became saved prior to May 21, 2011, prior to the shutting of the door, was then Hidden, their life was hidden with Christ in God. And, and they had the safety, the security of the ark. They had the safety and the security of entering in to the wedding, uh, with the bridegroom. All was well. Um, their eternal security is established and sure there can be no danger to them of any kind, even though the actual situation is they remain on the earth. As First Thessalonians tells us, alive and remaining on the earth unto the coming of the Lord in the rapture and the day of resurrection, which will be, in all likelihood, October 7th, 2015. Still, 
the judgment day because it's a prolonged period of judgment. May 21, 2011 began judgment day. All the days since have continued judgment day. October 7th, 2015 likely will conclude judgment day. But the entire four years, four months and 16 days, which is four times four, this entire period of time after the tribulation is likened by God in the Bible to a single judgment day, to to judgment day. It, it It's sort of uh, in a, a normal day of 24 hours. You You have the beginning of the day and you have the end of the day. So um, our days begin. Um, at midnight, or a minute after midnight, we have the beginning of the day. And, and then we go through the course of the day. And and we have 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. And then back to midnight to complete the 24-hour period. And and so that is how God designed things. He He designed the day to be... 24 hours in length so we can have the beginning part of a day and the ending part of the day and a lot of things can happen in a day and, and that's how we we live our lives from day to day and we understand that well looking at the prolonged day of judgment well a lot can happen certainly in a 1600 actual day time span Yet the way God is looking at it, it's as though the beginning of the day of judgment was May 21, and and uh, you you could map it out if you like uh, over 1,600 days. Maybe the first few hours or a few hundred days, and the next few hours or a few hundred days, and now we're coming uh, closer to 1,600 days. I don't know how many days we have left, but we're getting towards the last few hours of the prolonged day of judgment. The day of judgment is almost at its end. And yet it's all looked at by God as a single day. Or a moment of time, which is a little harder uh, to to uh, view that way because we're very used to a moment passing um, extremely quickly, just a second, um, and a moment passes, but God is is viewing the entire judgment period as a moment, as one day. And so he says, hide thyself as it were for a little moment. That is, you're saved, you're hidden, your life is hidden with Christ and gone. So now you you will be living on the earth, you will go through the spiritual fire that has been kindled in God's anger and this will not harm you or destroy you because you are truly saved if you're one of God's elect and so you are likened to gold, silver, precious stones and the fire purifies. It it makes better. It, it does not destroy. It, it does not weaken the, those elements but it makes them better. And so too for the elect, they go through the fire and come out the other side having endured. And God gets the glory. 
that he is greatly glorified uh, because uh, he is the one that has brought his people through. And it, it's further testimony. Uh, it is uh, a further display to principalities and powers of the uh, wonderful attributes of God, his faithfulness to, to his people as uh, he has brought them to the the end of all things. It, it is the climax of the promises of God. Uh, you know, there, there must be, uh, I, I think we can safely say this, since the Bible does speak of God putting his glorious attributes on display to principalities and powers as he has worked out his salvation program over the course of history, which has shown forth uh, attributes such as love and mercy and grace and his goodness and kindness and and uh, even Judgment Day shows forth his justice, uh, his righteousness, uh, as, as the Bible reveals the righteous revelation of the judgment of God and, and all of the attributes of God. And yet there are also attributes of steadfastness, faithfulness, endurance, of God seeing it through, of God bringing something to completion. And, and that has been the charge of man in many generations throughout time. Uh, the, the charge has been, where is your God? Where is he? The one who has made such, um, incredible promises that, that he will destroy this world, that he will create a new heaven and new earth, that he will give you eternal life, and that you will uh, no longer, uh, remember the tears or the sorrow, that there'll be no more death. Where is the God that has said these things in the Bible? And, and so, uh, I think we can uh, understand that especially at the time of the end, the world is on display in in a tremendous way to principalities and powers as God is going to showcase. He's going to demonstrate he is faithful and true. His words are faithful and true and trustworthy altogether that all of the promises of God will now find completion. They will be fulfilled because he is God. And he has not said these things as men say things, and and men lie, men speak vanity, they give empty promises. Well, not God, not the God of the Bible. And and so uh, you watch principalities and powers as you see the completion of all things. Well, of course, if we're correct in that strong likelihood, we we have a great hope and expectation that October 7th, 2015 will be the completion, the 10,000th day of judgment, and ultimately the completion of all things for this world. As that's another good reason why 10,000 is not just pointing to the completion of judgment, but in, in the end of the world, 
we would have the completion of everything that God has spoken to his people concerning life in this world and of things to come. And and so we can see God bringing judgment to its completion and bringing his promises to fruition, to complete fulfillment on uh, that particular day would be a good day to do so, the 10,000th day of uh, overall judgment since judgment began at the house of God. And and it would certainly be a glorious day. We know that God will do this, won't he? He will complete everything that he has said and fulfill every promise that he has given that his people have looked to him for and waited upon him. You have need of patience. The Bible told us in Hebrews chapter 10, why do we have need of patience? Well, it says in verse 35, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. And, and we understand having done the will of God points to uh, evangelizing the world and, and um, performing that task that God had given us to send forth the gospel into the world. And after uh, having done that, there is the need of patience, but but why wait? Why are in patience possess ye your souls? Wait on the Lord, and in order that ye receive the promise for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.